You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. I'm Tony, joined by Corey and Daniel, as always. Welcome back. Yo, what up? Uh, Pro Bowl games are out. This is the Wednesday before Christmas. The Thursday before Christmas. I'm sorry. The Thursday podcast. Recorded on a Wednesday, but always a Thursday show. Um, Christmas right around the corner. Uh, that was fast. I know we say this yeah. every year, but like it really does seem like it went by faster than normal. Maybe it's because we're coming out of the pandemic. And like we got back into like some normal life for a little bit. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. That was fast. Was, yeah, that was fast. Really fast. Uh, but the Pro Bowl, that was announced today. The roster. Now we knew that the games were going to be a little bit differently. A little different than they have been in the past. And Daniel, you said you saw, they, they did this last year. Is that right? They did the, the games, mini games before the Pro Bowl games. Is that what you and Corey were talking about before? Yeah, but um, you mentioned they are doing a flag football game, which is kind of going to be the uh, the big debut on that. They they haven't done that before, which uh, Corey had a good point on that. <laughs> yeah, some, somebody's going to tear their ACL in this flag football game, and that's going to be this is going to be the first and last time. That's going to be it. That's going to be it. So enjoy it while it's here. Yeah, but they did some like you know accuracy games with quarterbacks and. Um, some like agility uh, challenges and like some skills challenges, like a little little gauntlet with pads and stuff. They've done that. Um, you know, they haven't stopped doing that over the years. But um, yeah, the Pro Bowl is it might get more viewers now than it did before when it was actually yeah like a game in Hawaii back yeah, in the, the old days. The game itself was horrible. Nobody really cared about it. Um, did you say they're doing a lot like a like how how far the quarterbacks can throw the ball? They they used to do that. Um, now that it's just games, I don't know if they'll do that. I'm trying to look up like a schedule here. I'm having a hard time finding it too. I feel like there is a skills there are skills challenges. Because I get like a lot of clips on TikTok from like 2000s of like Jake Delhomme and like some of these other guys seeing how far they can throw the ball. And it's just really interesting. Like. It's it's kind of a different element that you don't get to see, and I I think it'd be cool to bring something like that back. I think I think I've seen highlights for like they did like a forty yard dash in the old Pro Bowl games, so it'd be cool if they did that too. You know, just some stuff like obviously we see their forties when they come out of college, but we never see their forties when they're in their prime. So I think that'd be really interesting to see like how fast is Tyree Kill now? You know, it that, that is if they go full force during the Pro Bowl games, but I think they're. There's probably a little pride on the line there, you know. Two guys, you know, if you had Ty- Tyree Kill and Stephon Diggs lined up, you know, I don't, I don't think one of them's gonna throw it for, you know, injury's sake. I think they want to be named as the fastest dude in the league. Yeah, I don't it's disagree. Sponsored by um, Peyton Manning and Omaha Productions. Really? Yeah, Peyton yeah, Manning. The NFL partnered with them. Yeah, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, I believe, are coaches. Yep, and Eli. Yeah. Wow. So that'll, that'll be fun. I that, think, I think they'll get cool. a lot of viewers. So what you're saying is they'll both have coaching experience. So if they get hired uh, next season, uh, it won't be frowned upon. 
Correct. Something tells me that if Peyton gets hired somewhere, nobody's going to say a damn word about it anyway. What about Eli? You know, what about Eli? I don't think, I think that there would be some ruckus if he was named a head coach uh, right off the gate. I think, I think, yeah. Now, yeah, I think he'd be, I think now for him to go into a quarterback coaching role, I don't think anybody would say a word. Offensive coordinator wouldn't shock me. Um, I don't think anybody would say anything about it, but for him to go straight to head coach, yeah. I think Peyton might be the only one moving forward who could ever do it without a word being said. Like, nobody's really? going to even question it. All right, all right. What, you disagree? No, no. I just was interested to hear what you had to say about it. Well, I'm they, more. They will, they will now have coaching experience. They will, and you're right about that. I feel like there's low-hanging fruit here, though, with this flag football game. Like, what's the fucking point? Isn't that what it was last year? Like, isn't it That's essentially, what? like, like seriously, <laughs> how did nobody bring that up? Like, nice. hasn't this been flag football for the better part of a decade now? Yeah. Like, this yes, is a meme. Are they joking with us right now? Uh, I think there's, uh, I, I guess I have some other questions. Are they doing seven on seven or are the O-linemen going to be out there? So I I, those are questions that need to be answered. I do think I saw seven on seven. They're allowed one okay. center. Um, okay. Yep. And, oh, dang, I found the rules for the flag football, and I've, I've moved on past them. Yeah, they oh, are, no. are allowed a center. I think I saw no running plays inside the five-yard line. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that'll be interesting. You're seeing the world's top football players out there playing seven on seven. That's not something you see. So absolutely. I think that'll be entertaining. So it should be, it should be very action packed. Like you would expect. Probably, yeah. High scoring games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some crazy catches, stuff like that. Interceptions. I had stepped away while you guys were pulling up the roster. Did you see any names? To talk about that were surprising. Uh, Gino Smith was on the list. We've talked about him. Um, I, I, go ahead, go ahead, Corey. I mean, uh, the, the NFC is the the little more surprising of the two. Me and Corey were talking about like the fact that Gino Smith made it just shows the quality of quarterbacks in the AFC versus the NFC, and uh, the, the fact that Tony Pollard made the Pro Bowl as a backup running back, basically. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So your quarterbacks in the AFC, you got Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. I think we could all say those are certified studs. And then I, I think you could put all those guys in the elite category. Would you guys disagree? But uh, would Mahomes, Allen, Burrow are all those guys elite? Yeah, I think they're all elite. Yeah. Yep. And then you then you got Jalen Hurts, who's if, elite. If, if he if he sustains this year's performance next year, he's elite. If he can sustain. Yep. Um, Geno Smith and then Kirk Cousins. I don't, I think two average guys. Yeah, they're above. A, well, Kirk Cousins is above Kirk average. Is above. Yeah, he's in that tier below elite. He's he's serviceable. Um, yeah. and then Geno Smith. I I mean the guy who's been on the bench for I don't know, ever since he's nine years. Yeah, <laughs> and he's come out and he's played well this year. It's very impressive, but it does show. Kind of, you know, the the strength of the quarterback is a big, big determining factor in like the strength of the teams and their conference. So it shows, you know, how much weaker the NFC is at the quarterback position than the AFC. It's a really big, really big difference. And then, yeah, Tony Pollard makes it, and Ezekiel Elliott doesn't. And you could argue that Ezekiel Elliott's the bigger star. So just, you know, very interesting. It kind of backs up my my stance on not paying running backs. I I'd rather draft 
Isaiah Pacheco in the fourth round and roll with him than pay Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, I think that's a big statement right there. Tony Pollard's in, Ezekiel Elliott's out. Uh, other running backs there, you got Saquon Barkley, it's Tony, Tony Pollard, and Miles Sanders. Kind of a quiet year, I think, for Miles yeah. Sanders. Good, good fantasy year. Um, but he, you know, nobody talks about Miles Sanders. Yeah, he's had a great year. Of course, that offense has been so good. They've had so many red zone looks. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts honestly steals half of his touchdowns, so he could have had a monster year. Sure. Absolutely. Tony, anything, uh, anything running away at you when you look at the rosters? Anybody that's not selected that you uh, that you think should have been? Anybody coming to you? Well, um, n- nobody's really jumping off the page at me there, but to see T.J. Hawkinson was was nominated. I don't know if this was his first year or not. I feel like this might be his first year. Um, as a Pro Bowler. As a Pro Bowler. Did he made it. He's in. Yeah, with George Kittle okay. and T.J. Hawkinson. Um, okay. Yeah, he's had a good year. He's had a fine year, and you know, I remember when when Hawkinson went to uh, to Minnesota. I remember we all had like a really positive reaction to that, and I guess they lost the first game. I saw something the other day, um, and I didn't fact check it, but essentially, Hawkinson like stepped right into leadership. They lost a game after he gets traded there, and he stands up and says something that something kind of like. Like, I looked at it, and I thought he said it recently, and I was like, whoa, dude, you can't say that shit about your locker room. It's a good team. They're all going to turn against you. But no, he said it like the day he showed up while they still were kind of sucking, and they've gone 7-1 and one since he showed up. Phenomenal. I mean. Piece they were missing. He is John, absolutely mean, a piece they were missing. Irv Smith couldn't stay healthy. He would have he would have been doing what he's doing and more. Yeah, nothing. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, Hawkinson drops some balls, and he makes himself look bad sometimes, even last week. I mean, he. I'm I'm happy for him. He's a great player and all that. But he could he could be. There's a whole other level that has not been unlocked with T.J. Hawkinson. That I, I'll be excited to see if that happens next year. Yeah, I hope it does. Next year will be his third or fourth year. So I expect if it's going to happen, we're going to start seeing it soon. So hey, real quick, something I see on here. I think there needs to be a. They need to distinguish the difference between. So there's two different schemes, right? So the team, a lot of teams will run a 3-4, and then there's a 4-3 defense, which is I think has started to become less common. Um, but, like, for example, if you look at the AFC's defensive ends, you've got Miles Garrett, Max Crosby, and Trey Hendrickson. Uh, all pass rushers, right? And then at outside linebacker, you've got Matt Judon, Khalil Mack, and TJ Watt all as pass rushers. I I feel like they should distinguish the like there should just be a position called pass rusher. Maybe more specifically for Pro Bowl, but like I feel in a four three, your outside linebacker, he's dropping back into pass coverage, right? Yeah. I mean <laughs> Those guys do mostly pass rush, those three that you just named, and they got in as linebackers. Outside linebackers, yep. Yeah. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six pass rushers, and then two inside linebackers and Rokon Smith and CJ Mosley, who I view more as your traditional pat or linebacker. 
Yeah, I, I think the NFL is evolving to where your outside linebackers are mostly going to be lined up rushing most of the game. If you run a 3-4. Yeah, which most teams do now. What do you think, like 75% of the league? Probably. Yeah, probably. That's but probably like, why. I don't know. It's, just, it's a weird, it's a weird, like, you've got two positions that are dominated by pass rushers. Like, they need to, I feel like they need to come up with a different name, like, the, re- the reason I'm bringing this up is because Zaire Franklin, obviously he's an indie guy. I'm going to favor him a little bit. But in the absence of Darius Leonard, he's been an absolute stud. He's fourth in the league in tackles. Um, he's got some forced fumbles, pass defenses. Like a guy that's totally worthy of a Pro Bowl nod. But I feel like because of the way these guys are getting voted in at outside linebackers, pass rushers, he's missing an opportunity. But I don't, I guess, I don't know. I could be wrong about that. But, like, you're, are you going to run an offense with Miles Garrett at defensive end and Khalil Mack at outside linebacker? Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Just line them up on different sides. I don't know. You've got three, three out. Okay, you start two outside linebackers. You start Matt Judon, TJ Watt. And you're going to start Miles Garrett and Max Crosby. You've got four pass rushers on the field, and then a defensive tackle. It's just weird to me. It is weird. It makes sense. It's worth bringing up. Um, you know what we'll do after this? I'll make a phone call, and moving forward, we're going to get that changed. I appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. I mean, it makes sense. Let, let us know how it goes, Tony. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you know. Okay, so um, are there any bets for the Pro Bowl, by the way? Honest question. I'm I don't, sure there's I don't know. Be something. I don't know. Okay. I haven't looked. Well, put a, put a... Hey, hey, before we move on to um, best bets of the week, uh, NFL Saturday this weekend, boys. NFL Saturday. Mm-hmm. Red, Red Zone is on Saturday, not Sunday. Uh, very interesting Christmas lined up on a Sunday this year. I think they wanted to give everybody the day off. So very interesting Saturday in our business. It's very rare to get a whole weekend off. We got it. So we got a ton of football this weekend. Saturday's got the full slate boys. Yeah. Anybody they wanted, know? I think they wanted like the Thanksgiving day schedule of, they have three consecutive games on the day that everyone's going to be at home. And I don't think they wanted to crowd that in. So well, yeah, certainly. Yeah, they're going to take that opportunity on Christmas, absolutely. Yeah, so there's going to be three Christmas Day games and then a Monday. All the other games are on Saturday. It's going to be fun. And there's one Thursday game. Yep. Is this the last Thursday game? I don't know. I know I know they stop at the end of the year. but Yeah, yeah. probably, if I had to guess. I, I, I hope to God it is. <laughs> I do. I, me too. They've been tough. They've been brutal. We're in and, for another doozy, I think. Yeah. That, that Amazon Prime, like... The squad they have at halftime with Richard Sherman, horrible. Richard Sherman sucks. All of them suck. Uh, I, I cringe, like Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's not, I do he's too. not bad. He's fine, but get him a different cast, supporting cast. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, Richard Sherman just, I just like, I have to turn it off. Like, it's so bad. I just cringe. <laughs> Well, okay. So, noted. I'll also bring up a new supporting cast for the Thursday Night Crew when I'm on the phone with Roger. 
Anything else? Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Anything else? Nope. Okay. And are we going to bet the Pro Bowl when it happens? Not now. If we can, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Best bets of the week. Welcome back to Best Bets of the Week. This is a segment where Daniel and I square off every single week. We both pick four games. I pick the spreads. Daniel picks the over-unders. And at the end of the season, the loser takes shots the week before the Super Bowl when we do the podcast. Uh, If you're lucky enough, somebody will puke on the podcast. Uh, Uh, Only if you're lucky. As of right now, (laughs) as of right now, the records are? I am 41 and 21. Jesus. And you are 3128 and one. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. So I'm three, three over 500. I like that. Yep. Uh, Daniel's, been, Daniel's been really hot. We both went two and two last week. It was a weird week of football, uh, entertaining week. Lots of good games. Uh, I think there's a point on a red zone where they almost went to overtime on three games. Yeah. Three games. All the one o'clock slate. Yeah. Very good stuff. Uh, I was like, what's this this week's slate look like? It's a decent slate of football this week. Uh, My first game of the week, excuse me, uh, my first game of the week, New Orleans goes to Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland won last week. I bet the Ravens against Cleveland, that did not hit. Um, I don't think, I'd have to look at the stats, but I don't feel like Deshaun Watson played very well this this past week either. He hasn't. He hasn't at all yet. (laughs) <laughs> Which, uh, when Rich was on the show, I predicted that he would not play well, but Rich, he's a Browns fan, right, Tony? He is. Yes. Uh, Rich was very confident that Deshaun Watson would show up and be the absolute star he was when he was in Houston. At this point, that is not the case. Uh, New Orleans goes into Cleveland. Uh, New Orleans is getting two and a half. I'm taking New Orleans plus two and a half at Cleveland. I just don't have a lot of confidence in that Cleveland situation right now. They don't have a lot to play for. Neither does New Orleans, but uh, I, I actually here. Hold on. Let me tell you why I really picked this game. Give me one second here. Yeah. What I would like us to do moving forward is make up some bullshit the first time and then tell us the reason why you picked the game. <laughs> well, <laughs> hold on. So right now, 62% of the public is on the Browns minus two and a half. 74% of the money is on the Saints plus it's up to three and a half now on some books. Uh, But the line has moved in the public's favor. It was originally minus three. Now it's minus two and a half. Uh, I I feel like these teams are on a similar plane. I kind of dislike the Browns more at this point in time. The Saints are just kind of... They seem to be competitive every week. Um, but, yeah, the, just the way the money lines up, the line has moved in the public's favor. I'm taking the Browns minus – or, I'm sorry, the Saints plus two and a half. So one thing that I notice here, just to piggyback on what you just said, is in that game the Browns are getting – I'm sorry, the Saints are getting two and a half points, and it's also plus 100 at plus 2.5. So does that have anything to do with why the money is on the Saints? Yeah, the, the the line's moving towards the Saints is what's happening. Okay. Um, well, I guess it's not moving in the Saints' favor, but the line's moving as if the Saints are more likely to win this I, football okay. game. That makes sense. That does Which make sense. Which is always a good sign. As, as a better, you don't get as much leverage, but it's a good sign that the Saints are mm. 
going to play well this weekend. Okay. Uh, that also makes sense that the money is on the Saints with it being plus 100. Well, still. that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I think the money's on there because it's plus 100. Yeah, if it was minus 110, yeah. it would but, be interesting to see where yeah. the money's at. Um, <clears throat> I thought I would know something. Field Yates tweeted this week of the temperatures that we're in store for this weekend on Saturday. As I, we know, there's a big... Uh, there's a big storm coming through, and basically every every team that's like north or east is uh, going to get blasted with some really cold weather. So let me just note a couple of these. Corey, your game, Saints at Browns, since it's right on the lake, is going to feel like negative nine at game time. Uh, Bills at Bears in Chicago is going to feel like negative 11. And Seahawks at Chiefs in Kansas City. That always gets cold this time of year. Negative six. And Raiders at Steelers in Pittsburgh. It's going to feel like negative four. Love and it. The, the Titans, it's going to feel like five. And then the Falcons go to Baltimore, which is going to feel like seven. I wonder what the average temperature is across all the games. I bet it's like two degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds crazy. So you will see a trend in my games this week uh, because I'm just going to play the odds there. I do have a five-leg parlay, and I'm going to leave the Saints-Browns out of this because Vegas knows it's going to be a terrible game, and uh, it's so low on the over-unders. I'm going to keep it out of this this best bets here. Um, so I'm going to go to my next one, Bills at Bears. I just mentioned that it's going to be a horribly – cold game and the better rushing team out of the two when you're calculating uh, the quarterback and the running back is the Bears uh, the, the Bills uh, with Josh Allen and Devin Singletary it's basically just Josh Allen there um, as far as rushing so uh, I love both quarterbacks rushing in this one but um, it's going to be a rushing game gosh I can't imagine catching a ball with like negative nine degrees just you're you're all you're your like fingers just snap off. <laughs> uh, it's like a weapon when you throw it. A brick. You're just catching a brick. Yeah. So there's not going to be a lot of passing in this game. It's going to be just rushing. The Bills obviously have a very good defense. So I think they're going to try to be the only team that can keep Justin Fields at bay. It's 40 and a half. So still pretty low, but I'm going to take the under. Uh, my second game of the week. Atlanta travels to Baltimore. Did you have a you had a uh, feel for Baltimore, right? The temperature, what was it? Yep, uh, in Baltimore it will be seven. Se- the real feel of seven negative seven or seven degrees. Seven over. Yeah. Okay, seven degrees in Baltimore. Uh, Atlanta plays in a dome. They're going to Baltimore. I bet Baltimore last week they didn't hit. Uh, I think there's a chance Lamar plays this week. I was just looking. He was still, still not out practicing. Yeah. Still not practicing. Uh, we still got Huntley. I think Baltimore's a much better team than Atlanta, though. And based off last week, I feel like a lot of people are going to be swinging towards Atlanta to cover seven and a half here. But I think at home in the cold, Baltimore's kind of built built for that kind of weather. They're run-heavy offense. Uh, I've got Baltimore covering minus 7.5 this week at home yeah. in the cold weather. I love that one, especially with Desmond Ritter starting at uh, quarterback for Atlanta. And yes. He looks yes. awful. Um, I also have that game in my best bets 
kind of just what you mentioned. Baltimore's a great rushing team. Atlanta kind of sucks. Um, the, Atlanta, um, it was Tyler Algier that went off last week, right? And Caleb Huntley was the one that tore his ACL. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Atlanta's losing weapons every single week. I don't think they're going to have a good showing. And Baltimore, I think, has hit the under in like six straight weeks, I think is what I read, even with games with Lamar. So the over-under on this one is a measly 35 and a half, and I'm going to take the under oh. again. I'm taking the under. Tony just yawned. Yeah, that's what this game is going to present. Snooze fest incoming. <laughs> Uh, third game of the week, the Houston Texans travel to Tennessee. Tennessee has not looked good the last uh, few weeks. Houston has been playing competitive. Who did they play this last weekend? It was the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah. I was going to say Eagles. They Chiefs almost beat the, the Chiefs. Overtime. Yeah. They almost beat the Cowboys the week before. So the Texans are riding a little, you know, they're riding a little juice. Tennessee's been playing like poo-poo. It's an end-division game. Is Tennessee getting cold weather, Daniel? Was it, were they on your list? They're, they're getting cold weather. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to feel like five. But remember, yeah. Tannehill just went down for the year. Oh, he's done for the year? Yeah, likely done for the year is the update. Oh, wow. Well, that makes me feel even better. I've got Houston plus three and a half at Tennessee, mainly because it's an end-division game. I do think Tennessee's probably the better team here, but Texans have been playing really tough, and if Malik Willis is playing – he hasn't really shown that he can move an offense through the air, and they're going to be real heavy on Derrick Henry, which means Houston's going to be loading the box. They're going to have the formula to beat them. It's their kryptonite. Tennessee can definitely beat the Texans, but I think it'll be a really close game. I've got Houston plus three and a half. Remember what Derrick Henry did to Houston last time? What did he do to him? 219 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Was that earlier this year? Yeah, that was in Houston. Won't happen again. All right. We'll see. This is his kind of weather. This is ground and pound, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, Seahawks at Chiefs. I mentioned that it's going to be very cold in Kansas City as well. Um, we mentioned that we're not believers in Geno Smith. Andy Reid defenses come alive at the end of the year. They they seem to start the year subpar and then get hotter. Um, and then the Chiefs have kind of just had this running back carousel that I think is going to continue um, and I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of passing with it being under 10 degrees. So 48 and a half is actually still the over under on this game. Um, and so that seemed pretty high to me and a normal, you know, like 40, 50 degrees. I would, I would love this game. Uh, but just from the weather, I am going to take the under on this one as well. Uh, last game of the week, the Raiders traveled to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. Line right now is Pittsburgh minus two and a half. The Raiders have won four out of the last five, but all of them have been really close. Uh, overtime with Denver, Seattle, one possession game with the Chargers, lost to the Rams, who are kind of stinkers right now, <laughs> and got a fl- got got a fluky win against the Patriots last week. Uh, I've got Pittsburgh so minus. What'd you say? So fluky. God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fluky finished there, took the touchdown back to end the game. Um, Pittsburgh is favored by the two and a half. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I think it's time for this uh, 
Raiders trained to end here a little bit. All their games have been close. Uh, I feel like Pittsburgh's probably just a little bit tougher team. Vegas has to travel to the East Coast into the cold weather in Pennsylvania. Uh, give me Pitt minus two and a half. Yep, Vegas is coming to Pittsburgh where it's going to be negative four this week, um, and they have not looked good. You, you mentioned their close games, and some of those are against good teams, but some are just against horrible teams. They play to their opponent. When they play horrible teams, they play terrible. Derek Carr is is not that good. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky on the other side kind of taints the offense a little bit. They kind he kind of got a rapport with Deontay Johnson this past week, which I think is is imperative to them winning. But also Najee had had finally a couple good games here. But the over under on this game is thirty nine, um, and I'm going to continue my trend here. I am taking the under on 39 points. It's amazing how many games, Corey, you and I have. We're, we have at least two every week out of just the four we pick. They're the same game. That's yeah, pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool, man. But all minor unders this week. I, I chose all the super low uh, temperature games and taking all the unders. Which, by the way, in my five-leg parlay, the Saints go into Cleveland. The over/under on that is thirty-two and a half. Wow! And I still, t- I still took the under. So here's real quick. Here's where I've been making my money the last two weeks. Is I take each of our picks se- separate parlays. I take the spreads, all four of those. I take the over/unders, all four of those, and I just buy points till it's like plus one hundred or plus one ten bet that and i've hit four out of four the last two weeks if you're just looking to double some money not not try to get too cute do that and send it in well last week i got really cute remember doing five a five layer spot that's the sweet spot for me four when, four when i tease tease four and a half oh nice i like the three and a half tease but i've lost weeks by four a couple times because of the field goal, you know, seven points and you get a field goal and then you lose by four mm. and the math there. So um, just something about four and a half. I really like the tease on four and a half. That's fun. That's a DraftKings feature. It's not available on FanDuel. That's, that's FanDuel. So still, yeah, sorry. Yeah, my, yeah. my my five picks, I'm still plus 500 with teasing it four and a half. So that's big. DraftKings yeah. doesn't have teasers? So they'll have teasers, but it's not like that. So you teased all of them in one spot. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, the so whole you, parlay. Yeah, you built the parlay, and then you teased every one of the legs. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Draft I have Kings to. That. I, in DraftKings, I would have to go in and tease each leg individually. So if, if uh, so, on FanDuel, for example, if you teased, like you picked, all right, if you pick a spread and an over-under, you cannot tease all at the same time. I see. That's what happened. That's what it is then. Well, if you go through, let's say you pick all the over-unders and you go through and pick the manual tees, like you you pick the lower over-under, those odds are worse than if you just tease them all together. I see. Interesting. Uh, this week I went back to my roots. I've, I've chosen three. Uh, two from one and one from the other. Pittsburgh Steelers minus two. Uh, Baltimore Ravens minus seven and a half. Wait, did you say Steelers minus two? Steelers minus two against the against. Uh, okay, okay, the okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Baltimore Raisin Raven Raisins. Imagine uh, Ooh. minus Ooh. seven and a half points against Atlanta. I feel pretty good about that one. And Falcons Ravens under thirty five and a half. I didn't like any of these. They're all really low scoring games. 
uh, but it's going to be cold as hell. So I'll take the under. Yeah, you didn't like my Seattle, Kansas City. The over-under is 48 and a half. Yeah, it's scared, terrified of that. Patrick Mahomes is worth 35 points in any given week. Not in negative temperatures. In any temperature. On Mars, Patrick Mahomes could score 35 points. Okay. What about a seven-on-seven flag football game? 35 points. More. Even more than that. Okay. Well. There you have it. There you have it. Wait, wait, wait. Anything else? <laughs> it's Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Okay. Everybody should go out and buy a car without the permission of their wives and give it to them on Christmas. Ooh. I mean, slap like a big the, bow on it. Like they do in the commercials. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, everybody just buy like $80,000 cars and the other you know, spouse is like, oh my God. Oh, this is and awesome. Like, I have no questions. And it you comes comes over the snow hill with snow flying off of it. <laughs> but it's also Absolutely. perfectly clean at the same time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No salt, nothing. Well, there you have it. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three, three.